0: Welcome back to the latest episode of Dear Found Her. Today's episode is a little bit different and one that I was really honestly nervous to share and to share with you. It's a bit different in that I'm stepping out of my own comfort zone and sharing my own story. I knew that I eventually wanted to make this an episode and I knew who I was going to ask to interview me, but Jenny LaFleur, Mama Fresh Shy, who you just heard in the last episode, beat me to it when she asked who was going to help share my story and she offered to help me do it during her own Dear Found her interview. I knew that Jenny was who I wanted to conduct this interview because I knew our conversation would be real and raw. In this conversation you're about to hear, Jenny really reaches into my core and she brought out bits of my story that I've never shared with anyone else. I'm beyond grateful not only to our friendship, but to have her as a mentor and a colleague and someone in my own female founder community. My own journey as an entrepreneur is what got me to where I am today. It's what sparked the fire inside me to start this podcast, and I'm very excited to share it with you. So come on in and join us for this unique episode of Dear Founder, where the tables are turned on me. This is exciting. Well, we are going to get started.
1: And so now it's time to turn the table. Lindsay, I'm so excited to sit down with you. And I'm so grateful that we are, we get to have this conversation. And that's what truly it is, is that we're going to have a conversation where your audience gets to learn a little bit more about you. As your friend, I hope to have things that surprise that surprise me that I get to hear about your story, but we get to find out the path that led you to where you are today. So we're going to start out with you because you're the guest. So we'll start just as you start with your guest, and tell me about how your path have led to where you are with Found Her today.
0: Yes, thank you. So Jenny, first and foremost, thank you so much for doing this, and not only doing this for, but suggesting to do this before I even had a chance to ask you, because I was going to, you are probably the only person that I would trust with this interview. And I am so grateful that not only you are my friend, but you are a huge supporter and just have always encouraged me along the way. And and that means so much to me. So thank you um, for being here and for doing this. Um, So, okay. So my story. So, you know, I've always been a connector that Mm has always been something that, that has been important to me. Even, you know, in college, I would hear someone telling a story about something and I'd say, oh, do you know so-and-so? You know, even in high school, for as long as I can remember, I would connect people. And I'm also one of those people who, I have picked up people in all of my walks of life. Um, I have friends from preschool. I have friends from elementary school. I have friends from middle school, high school, college. My single life in Chicago, my mom, friends, and today. And I hold people really closely. And, um, you know, relationships and my network and my community is just very, very important to me. And so it was only natural that when I had the idea for my company, Bump Club and Beyond, that it it was just a natural progression that I I, I would connect people. And up until the point that I started Bump Club, I worked in advertising. I worked at uh, the Hearst Corporation. I worked at Chicago Tribune, at MTV. And I was an ad sales exec. And I worked my way up from a very young age. I was the youngest ad sales exec that Hearst hired on the Chicago floor. I was 24 or 23 when they hired me as an account manager. Um, I, I really like rigorously pushed for this job at Redbook. And I was lucky to be interviewing with someone who took a chance on me. And I only had a couple of years, obviously, of experience. And they were in assistant roles in local ad sales selling. But I will forever be grateful to Colleen Petrino and Mary Morgan for taking the chance on me and letting me come into the world of ad sales as an executive and you know for 10 years I sold ad space and created integrated marketing programs and really got to learn the world of advertising. I had always wanted to be a journalist really and truly and I always wanted to mm-hmm. work at a magazine. And so it was so interesting to me that I was able to find this career path that allowed me to work at a magazine and be a part of a publication but on the other side and on the business side and that side really taught me the ins and the outs of advertising and marketing and what it what I really it put me on the path to what I was going to do with Bump Club and beyond. You know, and through the time that I was at Hearst and then at MTV and then back at Hearst because I came back to <laughs> Hearst. I also got my master's in integrated marketing communications at Northwestern. I had always wanted to go to school for journalism and given my career path, I did go to school for journalism because the IMC program is in the journalism school. It's at Medill and that was a dream of mine. And so I did did get my master's degree, but in integrated marketing from Medill while I was working. And it was right around the time that I was not pregnant yet, but I had a bunch of pregnant friends and they would say to me, what does Julie say? What does Sarah say? And I would say, oh, like girls, like I am not there yet. Like you need some pregnant friends of your own, right? Right. You know, I mean, like I don't know, and and not that I didn't care, but you know, I just I wasn't there. And mm-hmm. I I told my friend who was my neighbor at the time, Tammy. I very specifically remember I told her, and I said, Tammy, you got to find some pregnant friends. There's not. There's. I can't answer these questions for you, or I can connect you with people, but. We gotta find you some pregnant friends. And there was nothing in Chicago to support pregnant women. And I said to Daniel, you know, my husband, I said, there has to be something in this. There, 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 there has to be some kind of business. And when I get pregnant, I'm gonna to wanna to have a community of support as well. And so we ended up, we were going on kind of our last like big trip and we went to Argentina. And I brought my Mac with me and we had a lot of time just in airports and on the plane. And I, I started outlining kind of a bit, not a plan, actually, I started building a website on iWeb for Bump Club and beyond. And when we got back from our trip, I didn't get, pre- I wasn't pregnant right away, but very soon after I was pregnant and I actually had already planned events for Bump Club before I announced my pregnancy. Wow. So, yeah, so I came out and and said to the world like I am starting this company. I think expectant parents need support. I'm going to want support when I get pregnant. And so I'm going to I'm going to host events and there was a lot of buzz, you know, like a lot of people are like why is she doing this? She's not pregnant. And then, you know, 6 weeks later here I was announcing my my own pregnancy and we actually had our very first bump club and beyond event the week after I announced my pregnancy. So it was really like that timing is amazing. Yeah, like the stars really aligned and Mine. it was meant to be. And so I started hosting events in Chicago and you know, this was before social media. There was no mm-hmm. Facebook, there was no Facebook business pages, forget like Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, none of that even existed. I sent an email to everyone I knew. I posted it on my personal social media. Um I posted it on LinkedIn probably. And I said, hey, guys, I'm hosting these events. If you know someone who's pregnant, send them my way. And the first two events filled up. They were free. It was a workout and a shopping event. And there was a lot of like really positive buzz surrounding these events. And people were like, what's next? What's next? This is amazing to be like with pregnant people. And and, and everyone knows what I'm going through. And I I don't have to sugarcoat things. And everyone cares, you know? And so... Mm -hmm. We started hosting these events. And then when people said, what's next, what's next, I really obviously was putting myself in their shoes because I was in their shoes. I was pregnant. I said, what do I need? And so we started hosting dinners and those dinners had speakers Mm -hmm. and those were educational, breastfeeding, sleep, you know, how to find childcare, all the things that an expectant parent needed. And at the same time I was emailing cold calling companies to get involved and to send product and, That's kind of where the big gift bags started with Bump Club and Beyond. Like I was reaching out and companies were sending it to me because they knew that I had this audience and I had a captive audience of expectant parents. And so from there, really, we grew. And I I ended up having my daughter and I assumed that I wouldn't host an event until, you know, after 12 weeks, lo and behold, six weeks after she was born. I wasn't sleeping. None of my friends were sleeping, and all right. the people who were coming to Bump Club were like, "Where we? we need an event," and so we brought in a sleep expert and hosted our first mom event. And then we started hosting family events. And then we had I had people reach out to me in other parts of the country that said, "We need Bump Club," and this was all by word of mouth, and it was like social media word of mouth, but not social media as it is today. You know, it was just no. a lot of like organic, natural. And that's how we grew, and from there we got the attention of a lot of bigger companies. Um, I, I, you know, I started bringing on people and, and expanding and doing events in other parts of the country. And after that, we were contacted by Nordstrom, we were contacted by Target, we were contacted by the Honest Company, and we started putting events together. But the difference the the Bump Club provided to these brands was we weren't just putting events together and saying, "Hey, like here's the event," like. That's it. We were putting mm-hmm. events together for them and for our community. And so I was yes. bringing along the community of Bump Club too. And we experienced a lot of growth. Obviously, as social media started becoming a thing, we had to adjust. Mm-hmm. We had to change our marketing plans and really you know get involved with social media as well. We started providing more content for online webinars, seminars, Q& mm-hmm. As, cetera. And in 2018, I was approached by three different entities. And the funny thing about this is, they were all on LinkedIn and they were all within a few months of each other. And it was really bizarre. Yeah. Did you think, is this even real? Like, uh, no. You- and that's the thing because how many times do you get a LinkedIn that you're like, exactly? That's what I know, was just thinking. That you're like, yes. what is this? But the interesting thing is, is none of them in their LinkedIn message to me said like, we want to buy you. They were all just like asking uh, kind of about my company and what my intentions were with it. One of them right off the bat, I said like, no, thank you. And two of them though were really enticing. One of them, and I've never said this, so I am going to say this now, and I don't have an NDA (laughs) saying that I can't say this. One of them was actually Scary Mommy. Wow. Um, was some spider studios and that, that it just wasn't the right opportunity for me um, they wanted an aqua hire. And I was about to go out to New York and we had some stuff with the lawyers. And um, they wanted an aqua hire. They wanted to hire me to do what I did for bump club for them. And I did not want to abandon my brand, nor did I want to abandon my team. And that was why I ended up going with the company that I went with, which is Advantage Marketing Solutions, because they wanted me, they wanted my brand, they wanted my team, you know, and they mm-hmm. wanted the whole package. And I very much. Wanted and needed, truthfully, I needed at the time some support, some resources. I yes. was really at my wits' end with how I was operating on a daily basis, and I just I couldn't do it anymore. I felt like I had taken bug club as far as I could on my own, and I really needed a partner to help kind of carry it further. And so I entered a deal with Advantage Marketing Solutions, and I um, they acquired my business in January of 2019. And from there, I worked there for two and a half years. And this summer, mm-hmm. I realized it was time to move on. And um, after a, like an eight-week transitional period, I ended up leaving. And now I am here, and I am you know doing the Dear Founder podcast, and I am also helping other companies and individuals to help find success in their own businesses. You know, I'm, I'm consulting mm-hmm. various brands on social media and content creation. Um, I have one client who I've helped her to create her own personal brand and it's going to launch in 2022. And it's been amazing to watch her do this alongside my instructions. Um, and so that's, that's how I got to where I am today.
1: This is, I, lo- I I was so quiet because I was listening to the story so intently because I love how you tell the story. And I kept writing down common themes that really strung this together. And the words that I look as I wrote down, they really tell me so much about you. Those words being a connector, that you connect people with who and what they need. That's You said you started that in college and that's something still who you are to this day. I wrote down community, I wrote down support. All of these things, you have been that for me. You have been that for other people that I know. And it's so, refreshing to hear that you can be those things and have a successful business as well. I, I hear, when I think of you, I think of the word of reinvention because you re, you've reinvented yourself a couple of times, even through this story, from an ad exec, then to an entrepreneur then someone that was in a transitional space that sold their business. And now you're reinventing yourself again. Tell me about those moments of reinvention.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting because when I think about my first reinvention and this current reinvention, they're very different. When Mm. I went from the account executive to the founder of Bump Club solely, I was doing both. You know, I, I, I was running Bump Club and going to work every day. And then I had my, I had my baby. And, yeah. you know, I wasn't necessarily looking to leave. I loved my job at Hearst. I, I loved what I did. I loved the people that I worked with. And I will tell you, I still talk to so many of them from the ad community today. There are many of them are mentors of mine. Many of them are close friends of mine. And I didn't want to give that up.
1: But this is, I think this is I think this is an important thing to say, Lindsay, because there's someone listening who has a nine to five that they love that fulfills a certain part of them, and they might have passions that they want to pursue. And sometimes we're presented that it has to be all or nothing. Quit your job and, and work for yourself. And what you're saying when you started out, that you did both because there were qualities about that life that you wanted to keep as well. So I love that. We are that we're telling listeners that it doesn't have to be all of anything. You can create your own path in this.
0: Exactly. You can create your own path. And you know, it was really when I had my daughter and Mm -hmm. on maternity leave, I I real I worked on bump club. I'm not one to sit still. I think you know that about me, and I think a lot of people know that about me. I'm not one to sit still. I was very fortunate. She was a very good sleeper. And I would check my email and do work and I I really grew bump club over maternity leave. And, you know, when I was getting ready to go back, I said to my husband, you know, I don't know, like, I mean, I don't know if I can do it all. And he said, Mm -hmm. you know, just go and try and we'll, we'll figure it out. It Mm -hmm. turned out that I had gotten a new boss. And I do share this story um, quite often. I had gotten a, a new boss right before I went on maternity leave. And when I was getting ready to go back, she called me and she said, I've heard that you started a business. And mm-hmm. if I find out that you're doing any work on my time, that's going to be a problem. I wasn't doing work on her time. I was actually one of her highest del- deliverers in terms of sales. I mean, I was bringing in four or $5 million to the company every year and consistently beating my goal. Um, but I said to my husband, I think that this, this might end up being a problem because I think she's going to make this hard for me. And she did. And mm-hmm. after a couple of weeks, I, I said to my husband, I, if I'm going to do it, I think I need to do it now. I said, yeah. now is the time because this is, it's, it's not going to be good for me to be in this situation and have a child and have a business. And guess what? I can always come back. Yes. And I can, and I can, and I knew I could. And actually after I left, I had multiple opportunities to go back and do maternity leave coverages and People were calling me about jobs for about a year after. And, you know, it it just never we always decided as a family that if I was going to do this, I was going to do it all in. And the goal of the first year was really to pay for our child care, which we exceeded. And (laughs) that was, you know, that was kind of the goal. And but so when I to answer your question, the reinvention that time. I just knew in the moment that it was time. I wasn't leaving because I wasn't happy. I was leaving because I really wanted to give this a shot. And I knew that that was the moment. I had a young baby at home. I wanted to be able to be around for her. I wanted to control my own destiny. I wanted to be there to take her to classes. And I didn't want to be flying around the country, ironically, because a few years later, that's what I ended up doing, was flying around the country all the time. But in the moment, that was what I wanted to do. Now, the second time I reinvented myself. So that was the time leaving the company who, who purchased bump club, you know, it really got to a point where I, I just wasn't happy anymore. And mm. I, I, you know, and I had had jobs before Hearst where I couldn't wake up in the morning and I, I couldn't wake up in the morning. And I, I, I really and truly felt like I was working so hard for someone else. And yeah. It wasn't for me anymore, and that that was my indicator that I needed to make a change. And I also my you know my feelings and and I, I they were being projected onto my family. My kids felt it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they knew I wasn't happy, and I didn't want them to feel that way. I, I and I didn't I didn't want them to be you know the the bear the burden of my unhappiness at work. And you know the. I, also, I started this company so so that I could be around for my kids. I started this company yeah. for flexibility, for happiness. And now I was under someone else's control and I didn't have that control or flexibility anymore. And for me, it, that was kind of, I, I felt I had reached my point where I had done as much as I could do and mm-hmm. there had to be a point where I let go. And that was it. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my favorite small business tools, Canva. This tool is like having a design pro in your back pocket. From social media assets to one-sheeters and even video files, you can legit make anything on it. I've been using it for years and I don't know what I ever did without it. To get started with Canva, go to partner.canva.com slash dear today and check out more of my favorite tools on my Instagram at Lindsay Pinchuk.
1: It's one thing to be, to wake up unhappy for a company, a big box a name that you, a person that you've never met, but still working under a brand, which you created, you know, even though it's all, like, that has to feel like this was, because you had Bucca Bianchi your oldest daughter at the same time. This was your baby. Yes. This was, this was, and it was created in the spirits of finding a happiness, of finding a safe space. So when you don't feel safe in your safe space, that has to be tough.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it was a really tough decision. You know, it was something that I, so I ended up, I left in July of 2021. And I mm-hmm. said in like November of 2020, I said to my manager at the time, I just want you to know, I'm going to start thinking about an exit. And so, you know, it took that amount of time to really get mm-hmm. there. And it, it was not, it, it, the, the taking that amount of time was not on them it was on them and on me. It was on, It was really a shared burden that it took that much time because mm-hmm. it did take from me saying that out loud to me actually saying I'm leaving. That happened in May of 2021. And I really yeah. had to get to a place where I was comfortable with leaving and not being in control anymore. And whatever happens to this brand happens. And for me, I felt that you know, I I was starting to get approached by other companies, by individuals who wanted me to help them with their own projects and their own companies. And I was turning down things that I really wanted to be a part of. That sparked something up in you. Yes. And I didn't have that spark anymore. And so I wanted that spark. And I was starting to get upset Mm -hmm. that I was turning these things down. And that was like, when I made the decision to actually cut the cord, that was kind of what pushed me over. I want to talk about taking a chance. When
1: you spoke um, about when you entered the advertising and ad world, you said you're a 24, you know, you have the experience, you know, that you're green, like you're green, green. And you said you, you met these women and you said you're eternally grateful for them because they took a chance on me. That's what you said. They took a chance on me. And that what made you in this next step, take a chance on yourself? What made you bet on yourself?
0: That's such a good question because I think so many of us so often are very guilty of not believing in ourselves and not believing Mm -hmm. in that we can do something, right? And, and Mm -hmm. we have all these outside things that come at us that tell us, you're not worthy of this or you can't do it. And you know, you look at social media and you can get, you can really, you know, dig yourself into a a hole, right? Mm-hmm. In this moment, I felt that the chance that I was going to take was more worth, was far more worthwhile than what I would, what would happen if I just stayed put. And yes. I, I, I believed that inside of me, I believed that I, and I do believe that I have so much to offer that wasn't being brought up and brought out anymore. And Mm -hmm. I, I felt like I, I could do it. And I felt like now was the time to do it. I wanted to, to, to capitalize on the moment of me feeling sure of myself. And mm-hmm. let me tell you something, I, I don't always feel sure of myself and I didn't always yes. feel sure of myself. It's, I'm not saying I, I know I can do it, but I also had it in the back of my head, very similar to when I left Hearst. I said to my husband, guess what? If no one hires me and no one wants you know, me to help them or consult or coach or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. I'll find a job. That's it. I'll find a job. That's, you know, I always kind of take inventory of what, and and it's not just in my professional life, but in my mom life and my, in, in the world around me, what is the Mm -hmm. worst, what is the worst that can happen? And can I live with that? Yes. Because you have to ask yourself that what is the, what is the worst? Well, in this situation, what's the worst that happens? The worst that happens is I leave and I know I'll be happier that I've left and Mm -hmm. I don't succeed in whatever, in whatever this amounts to. And I have to go back and find a job. Someone will hire me. And I know- Someone that. will
1: hire you. Yep. This is, I love the possibility of what could happen. So that potential of possibility exceeded the feelings of what was happening right now. So that potential- Just the sheer potential is um, enough to get you moving. I love that.
0: And I also like to your point earlier, like I had that fire inside of me and I was all of a sudden I started to feel excited again and lit up and Mm -hmm. my, my wheels were turning about these new opportunities that I was creating for myself and I wanted to work on them. All the time. I did not want to work on bump club anymore. And that's not to say it's because I didn't love it. And because I I didn't believe in it. That's not that I just was ready for something new. And when I, when I started working and I would look at the clock and it would be 2am and I was still working on my new website Mm -hmm. and and I wasn't even tired. That's when I knew I made the right decision.
1: That's, I I love those I get caught up in, yeah, I get caught up in those moments all the time. You know, people say, I, you know, you hear the overused phrase, do what you love and you'll never work again in your whole life. And it's like, no, do what you love and you will work 24 seven because it's so constantly ingrained in what I do. And sometimes when the ideas are flowing and you're just a vessel, I'm like, I have to capture it all right now. I don't care what time it is. I want to know because your, your intuition is so strong and your ability to trust your intuition. Is so strong of you knowing when to make changes, when you know how to make changes. Um, An example that I personally can think of is that when the pandemic first started, Bump Club and Beyond, and this is when you were an employee with Bump Club and Beyond, um, was the first to make a radical shift in content, and how it was displayed to meet parents where they were at the time. And at that point, we thought it was going to be two weeks to a month, but we were, you know, we were, and then we went into the summer, and you desperately saw that parents were pulling at straws, and you immediately took a shift. And I don't imagine that could have been easy, because you have the powers to be in front of you. This was an unprecedented time, but I you know, you personally and I was watching the brand, but I saw that you stuck to your guns and you felt very passionate about making this virtual shift and giving parents what they needed. Have you always trusted your instinct this, this much? Have you
0: always been able to listen to that voice? I think so. I mean, when I think about, you know, when I think about even my past life in, in advertising, you know, I was mm. big, a big negotiator also. And, you know, you just, I think that that experience just really helped me to learn good instincts, right? Like, and how to read Mm -hmm. people and how to read the room, you know, and that's part of it is learning how to read the room, you know, your community, you know, your audience. And I certainly knew ours. And let me tell you, when it came down to the pandemic, we were really pro being careful wearing masks, protecting your kids and not everyone was, Right. But I didn't care yep. because that was what I felt was the best, was the best solution for the public and the public health issue that was going around mm-hmm. like going on around us. And, you know, not everyone agreed with that. Right. And so, and that's okay. But I think, you know, that was my intuition in that moment. And I think it's just, in it, it, again, it was reading the room. I was getting the messages. I was, people were scared. They didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. How am I going to have a baby and what's going on? And it's, you really just have to listen. So it's not as much, it's not as much your gut and your intuition as it is. It's that combined with opening your ears and listening to what's going on around you. Because it cannot just be what you think. You have to listen to others.
1: That's what I was going to say, because it's what you're saying though, is dropping the ego out of it. And it's hard as an entrepreneur sometimes because this is my business, my brand. For some so for some people, my name is on, on the line here. And it's but it's dropping the ego and thinking I don't know what's best for my community. And I have personally been in this situation before where I have to remind myself that my community knows what's best for them. And so it's dropping the ego and opening up the ears and listening to what I love this. The answer is in front of you. They're telling you what they want. And sometimes it's just being
0: mature enough to listen. You know, and we were about to launch our largest event with Target since the acquisition of Bump Club and Beyond. I mean, before before the acquisition, we were doing 20 events a year with Target. In twenty stores. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Inside stores, it was a it was a lucrative. I'm not allowed to talk financial financials, but it was a lucrative endeavor for Bump Club prior to the acquisition. Post acquisition, this was our first target event at scale. Was supposed to launch March twenty first, twenty twenty, and this was a this was a, a integration and a program that was worth about 10 times the amount of revenue now than it was Mm -hmm. when it was just my own. And it was supposed to be in 300 stores in one weekend. And Target was actually the first, they were the ones who said, and it was probably around March 1st, we're not doing events in stores. We kind of like got the the word about this and everyone was in a panic. And I was, I said, Hey, like, let's slow down. They've already Mm -hmm. invested money. We've already invested money. We're going to fix this and we're going to bring them a solution that allows them to continue this program. No one will lose money and we're going to turn it virtual. And we did. And it ended up, it was very successful and it also didn't let down our community. And it's (laughs) interesting because the powers that be, you know, are always looking at the the P&L and the bottom line. Yep. I always have and always will look at my customer first. And I knew in this moment that our customer needed this. And I also knew that by delivering to the customer and giving them what they needed, we would protect and save our bottom line. And we did. And it is, you have to put your customer first. And sometimes it might feel like you're making a rash decision or Mm -hmm. not the best financial decision. In in, In this instance, it was a decision that affected everyone and it, ended up benefiting and working out for everyone.
1: I think that's you hit it right on the head because you have to be as a, as an entrepreneur, you have to be aware of all the things. So you have to be aware of that bottom line, aware of financials, but it's what you prioritize. And that's where you can really set the tone for your business, for your community. And so really prioritizing what your audience needs.
0: I always say, I always say that you have to prioritize your your customers and your audience and your community first and the mm-hmm. rest will fall in place. And guess what? Yes. It did for me and it has for me. And if you're mm-hmm. always looking at the numbers and the money and this and that first, that comes off in what you're doing to your community, yes. to your audience. And so, and I think a lot of like business, business people, they don't like my approach. They don't, mm-hmm. like, you know, and they don't, they, they don't like it. And they, and I think they want to you know they want to change it when they get their hands on it. I I am a very much a believer in the rest will come if you put your audience and your customers first.
1: And if there's someone that's listening right now that's in a season right now where they are chasing money and they're trying and they're putting that first, it's not too late to turn it around. Use this as an example. I was in there personally. I it was a December month and you know fourth quarter is such a Wild, wild west time. And this was about three years ago. And I was chasing money. I was just, I was like, I have, because everyone was telling me how much I can make. So I was chasing money. And I was tired and unfulfilled at the end of the month. And I, instead of giving it, instead of doing the same thing the next month, I made a radical change. And I can instantly feel it in everything that I produced all the content, all my partners, and everything fell in place. And I know that this is the way for me going forward. So if you're on that path, look at Lindsay as an example of putting community, putting audience, putting your customer first and the other and being aware of the financials, but they will fall in place.
0: It's just a little shift in how you put yourself out there. That's all it Mm -hmm. is. That's it. It's just shifting your mindset and shifting what it is that you put out and how. I love it.
1: We're going to talk, and I know because you and I could talk forever. But we could go on and on, but I know. So I want to talk about, and this is, um, I want to talk about legacy. Because as you sunset one part of your professional career, and we're in the sunrise of another part of your professional year, I know what I think of the legacy of Bunk Club and beyond. I know what I think of when I think of the community you've created the families that I've met here, people who have found their pediatricians, their lactation consultants, their mom friends. They're all things that aspect there that hit their entire lives through the Bump Club and beyond community. And to me, that's a legacy. That's a legacy that, the, that now that company inherits. They inherit the name, but they also got the legacy that come off. For this next phase, for this podcast, for Dear Found Her. For the consultant work and the mentoring and the guidance that you're giving to other entrepreneurs, what will be the legacy of this next stage, Lindsay?
0: I want to leave people with a full feeling. I want people Mm -hmm. to feel like they can do it. I want them to believe in themselves. I want them to know that they can find success and that success looks different for everyone. There's no one way, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very important to me, even in building this new community, because I am starting to build a new community of entrepreneurs, of founders, even just of women who, who want some inspiration here and there. And, you know, I want the legacy to be that they know that they can do it and they know that they can succeed. And that's, that's what I want to give to them.
1: We're empowering you, are empowering this through the. I say we because I feel like this conversation has covered so much. And I feel like I saw myself so many times here and different versions of myself through my journey. And so I know so many people are going to say, This is where I am right now. This is where I am right now. So we're empowering women for their own version of their own success. So I feel like this is a beautiful place to end it. I feel like. Success looks different. Success looks different for every person. Success looks different on your own personal journey. What success looks like for you now was not what success looked like for you years ago. And so I think that that's a beautiful ending. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being so vulnerable. I want to thank you for giving me, letting me dive in and feel comfortable asking whatever questions that were on my heart. Is there anything you feel like we left out? Or anything you want to?
0: People to walk away knowing as they embark on this next chapter with you. First, well, first and foremost, I want to say thank you because, I I mean, I feel like you and I, like you said, could go could go on (laughs) and on forever, right? Yeah. But I want people to take away from this next chapter, and from from this, that you can do it. You know, I I I I started this with five hundred dollars on a whim. I mean, and you know, and I said. we'll see. There was no plan. There was no, you know, there was, there was no plan in place. And I tell people all the time, like people don't really know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like everyone looks, even myself, like we, you, me, we look so buttoned up and whatever we're not buttoned up and and we don't really know what we're doing. And a lot of it is guess is guessing and flying by the seat of our pants. And that's really a common theme among so many entrepreneurs and so I want people to know that whatever success looks like to them, they can do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just, it's getting started. It's believing in yourself. It's taking a chance and knowing that you can always change courses. Nothing's permanent. And this might sound so cheesy and cliche, but I also think that people need to hear it. I I heard it and, and I didn't hear it really until kind of, I was down my path and far into the journey. And I think that people need to hear it from the start because that's, what's going to make you succeed.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. I come. Yes. No, I completely agree. I think that, um, and when you, when you are first starting out, sometimes you don't have your own, I like to call it a highlight reel. Those are success times when you've done well times that you can recall in your mind. And so this is, I love about this podcast is that you can hear stories and you get to know more about women's journey and you can sometimes borrow from their highlight wheel. This is something that worked for them. I'm in the same situation and this is how, and it worked for them. So why wouldn't it work for me? Why not? And so I love this really sharing of stories.
0: And I never once didn't believe in myself you know, yes. I might, I might've changed course because something wasn't working. And trust me, there were many times that things didn't work and I had to change things around, but I always believed in myself because it was me. It was me mm-hmm. that was, that was moving the needle forward. And you have to believe in yourself. And and when you do, you find success. And that, that is really the ultimate of all of this. I love it. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you so much, Jenny. I hope that you enjoyed hearing my story and Jenny's take and style of bringing it out of me. I continue to impress that if one person, just one person benefits from the knowledge that I'm sharing or from what's being shared on this podcast, I have truly done my job. I want you to learn from my experiences and my mistakes and that of the other guests right here so that you can find your own success more efficiently. Some of the key topics I touched upon today that I want you to take away from the conversation. Number one, connect people with who and what they need. Number two, when you're just starting out, it's okay to keep your job and start your business as a side hustle until you're comfortable to take that leap. Number three, when you realize you're not doing the work for you anymore, it's okay to make the change and to reinvent yourself. Number four, take a chance on yourself. So many of us are guilty of not believing in ourselves, but with this last pivot, the chance I was going to take was far more worthwhile than what would happen if I had just stayed put. I wanted to capitalize on the momentum of me feeling sure of myself in that moment. Number five, in every situation, work, personal, motherhood, whatever it is, take inventory. Ask yourself, what is the worst that can happen? And can I live with that? Number six, learn how to read the room. You know how to read your audience and your community, listen to them and what they need from you. Open up your ears and listen to what's going on around you. Number seven, by delivering to the customer and giving them what they need, you will protect and serve your bottom line. Number eight, you have to prioritize your customers and community and the rest will fall into place. If you're always looking at the numbers and the money first, that comes off in what you're doing and your community and your audience will notice. Number nine, I want people to know that they can do it. I want you to know that I started with $500 and no plan in place. People don't really know what they're doing. A lot of being an entrepreneur is just guessing. It's a common theme that you're gonna hear throughout many of the episodes on Dear Founder. And number 10, as Jenny said today, this podcast shares stories and allows women to borrow from each other's highlight reels. I want you to make sure that you're doing that. I cannot thank you enough for being here and for listening to my story and my journey. It means so much to me. Please make sure you're following me at Lindsay Pinchuk and at Dear Founder on Instagram. Join the Dear Founder Facebook community for more discussions to help propel your success. You can also go to lindsaypinchup.com/ slash freebies to download some of my tips, tools, and resources for starting a business and for managing the social media beast. We have some amazing guests coming up. So please make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple or follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you know someone who wants to start their own business or who has started a business or who's thinking about starting a business or maybe someone who just needs to be inspired, please text them this episode or post it on your Instagram. Tag me and I'll reshare some of those to say thank you. I'll be back next week with another episode of Dear Found Her. So stay tuned and have an amazing week.